Welcome to Pot Not Soda. And now it's time for Brett, Brian, and oh damn, enjoy the show. <laughs> Yeah, so every, every year I feel the same way because I feel like I'm going to be happy on Sunday after the first round and second round of the NCAA tournament. And but what's every year it's... Your shit's busted, Dan. I'm hanging by a thread. Your every shit year. is busted. Every year. Yeah. By a thread. March Madness? Yes. Ooh, baby. So let's go UCLA. Yay. Is that who you that's the final one you that's got? That's what I have. Oh, going all the way. Championship. I'm the only person in my pool that has UCLA. Probably for a reason. Do they have another game before Monday? Before this episode comes out? Yeah, they're actually playing they tonight. Play tonight. Oh, they so play watch the Cincinnati. This might change the entire and The cats Monday. have been pretty successful. Yeah, every, everyone <laughs> on the Monday. beginning of the, the episode. The cats right have here. been pretty successful in the second round. Brian, so do you have anybody winning? Or, uh, I, mean, I do. Yeah. I have uh, the University like of North Kentucky. Carolina. Oh. Or, oh, no, okay. I have Kentucky. You mean you aren't the Ride one that fills guys. out the bracket and then just doesn't fill out the final one? Because I asked, like, do you have someone winning? That was the dumbest question I think I've ever <laughs> asked somebody. Do you have someone winning? No, I, I left that blue. <laughs> no, actually, that one, I was going to be a tie. About, so, right. Yeah. Uh, welcome, everybody, to Pop Not Soda, episode, I think, like, nine. Episode eight. Eight and a half. Yep. Eight and a half. Season three. What the hell did you sneak up on the on the weekend? <laughs> Right. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, we have a great show for you. We are going to be getting from the Elite Eight to the Final Four of our own little bracket. Ooh, mm-hmm. baby. The Pop Not Soda's best TV character matters, really. of all time. Yes. Yes, the only bracket that matters. So make sure you have those handy. And we're going to be talking the upcoming Netflix specials for Dave Chappelle, the current Netflix special for Amy Schumer, and the controversy surrounding that. And Marvel's Iron Fist, which has just debuted a couple days ago on Netflix, mm-hmm. and not an X-rated film, no series on Netflix. So don't be won't disappointed be if now. you right, <laughs> yeah. jump on Google. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Uh, but before Iron we jump into Fist. all that, I've been watching a lot of college basketball the past few days. Dan, mm-hmm. what's been the very highs, attractive men? Right I got to ask you highs and lows of the last couple of days when it comes to watching March Madness. Well, I mean, I love college. It's probably my favorite sport. Yeah. What was the low? The low was, oh, probably I mean, watching probably Villanova, Villanova get beat. lose. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody carried him pretty freaking yeah, far. Returning chan- yeah. It was bad. Um, yeah. But I will say the high has, I mean, there's been some really good games. Not ball taking a hip injury. That was my oh, high. He's fine. He's fine. Oh. If it was a more <laughs> permanent you, injury, it would have been my high. He played the rest of the game. He yeah. played the rest of the game. <laughs> why don't you? Why don't you like uh, Lonzo Ball? Hates I just ball. hate. I hate he his dad. dad. Oh, you hate yeah, his dad. I hate his dad. So. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't hate. Yeah. No. Do you? Do you hate Michael Jackson's dad? Huh? Just do you hate Michael Jackson's dad? I don't even know. No. See, then why do you hate Levar Ball's dad? Or why do you hate Levar Ball, who is Lonzo's Ball's dad? Well, I think that the apple probably doesn't fall too far from the tree when it comes to that <laughs> situation. And I think, but does. he hasn't said anything because Lon- Lonzo because his dad's got the mic the entire time, and Lavar only yeah. averaged two points at Washington, but says he could beat MJ one on one and Charles Barkley. Yeah, I mean, he's a hell of a marketer. he probably could though. be Charles Barkley one on one right now. <laughs> <laughs> he is a hell of a marketer though. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's yeah. trying to get a one exactly. billion yeah, dollar yeah. shoe deal. That's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. 
Um, Did they sign that though? No, no. Uh, okay, he just, he just pitched. He just pitched he, an idea he just for has one billion dollars. That that's what he is expecting for his son. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, he plays in college. He can't get a yeah. shoe deal. Yeah, um, he can barely that's get a good shoes. Point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Uh, but no, the I will say the other little point is some of these terrible freaking commercials. Holy crap! Mm. Yes, guys, I, I got to ask you a question. Why the hell is okay Spike Lee? I've been seeing his ugly face popping up on a lot of these commercials. It's with him and Sam what, Jackson, yeah, bro. Yeah, what the hell does he have to do with being a like a sports speaking figure? Well, him besides or Samuel watching Jackson. a shitty team, being well, a si- season ticket holder for a shitty team. They're Capital One commercials, so that's oh, why Sam. That's why Sam Jackson's there. Yeah, uh, okay. Because he's the Capital One sports person. Okay, so when Charles, you run over budget on your set production of your film, that's not going to do well. You rely on Capital One for the funding. Is that where we're getting at? Sure, you get one percent cash back on all purchases. There we yeah. go. Okay. Everywhere. Okay. Yeah. And double miles. Right. Okay. And three percent back on restaurants, restaurants and, and gas stations. Yes, right. Yeah. Maybe grocery stores too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, Capital One. <laughs> no, what's in your wallet? Right. Uh, and Charles is there because he is uh, one of the more because um, he plays sports. He, you know, he's but <laughs> well, he, he now, also he also does you know for Turner Broadcasting and CBS right. who have the rights to all the. Uh, NCAA March Madness. Okay, he's one of the more um, high-profile commentators, like him and Tony Smith, because they also do uh, NBA. Yeah. Um, and Spike is there because Spike is kind of the highest-profile fan for basketball. Really? I would say if you're thinking fans of basketball, teams, Jack Nicholson. You have Jack Nicholson, and you who's have not going to do a Capital One commercial. Yeah. Not going to do a Capital One. When was commercial? the last time you saw Jack? By the way. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, he's hanging with. Still to Lakers he's kicking no, it with Richard Simmons does. right now. He's kicking it with like, Richard Simmons right now. Yeah, uh, yeah. Kidnapped a, by their housekeeper. Yeah. Yep. So, um, so yeah, Spike. That's why. That's why he's there. Is one because Charles and Sammy, Sam, Sam Jackson, they're probably his homies, and two because he's the highest profile basketball fan. Yeah, I guess that's. Me not defending, that's me trying to explain. That that makes sense. And I'm back. glad that you're not defending because I hate seeing that guy on TV. I know. And, and I know Brian loves this other guy, but hates seeing him on all these commercials, which is the lead singer from the Dan Band. Yeah. So <laughs> this is the band that was in. <laughs> Brian went ape shit. Hangover. Old school. Hangover. They, they're they the winning band. Around Starsky and Hutch. Oh, they were. Because yeah. they they're were the bar Starsky and Hutch. That's right. Uh, so, you know, very funny guys. Take me to the candy shop. But holy fuck. I mean, this dude's commercial where he's singing Don't Want to Miss a Thing to this guy in a goddamn toll booth, I've seen at least 100 times in the last three days. Or there's the board meeting. Yeah, the sales meeting one that hasn't um, reached the level of just like sheer madness on me yet because that's still a little fresh. But this fucking toll booth one, because I had to watch a couple games, you know, uh, unfortunately, I did have to work Thursday and Friday of last week, but you know, wanted to stay uh, apprised of all of the the game. So I was watching it on my phone, and when you watch it on your phone, they literally just replay like the same two or three ads. And it was that one, the fucking Capital One commercial uh, with Charles Barkley's reversed um, sweatshirt, where he's eating chips out of the hood like a six hundred pound man, <laughs> and that fucking toll booth one, and it was. I just can't stand seeing that anymore. Well, what I've learned from these commercials is I think Greg Gumbel ate his brother. 
probably. Has there always, have there been two Gumballs, or has it just been one? And he's yeah. like yeah, maybe a blob, and he separates Greg, into Greg, two. Like, gently oh. in the one. Yeah, he like yeah. separates like into the, two. So you're saying it's like yeah. the opposite of Dragon Ball Z, like it's an anti-fusion? Exactly. They break apart? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Brian, you brought up a good point, though. With, with March Madness, you were talking about Thursday and Friday watching this, too. Is a work week productive when March Madness is going on? Uh, no, and there have actually been studies performed. <laughs> uh, so the first week of, Mar- of March Madness... Uh, has been analyzed as the least productive week uh, in all of America. And the second least productive week is like, you know, three or four weeks before the NFL football season starts because of fantasy football. Oh, fantasy football. oh yeah. Makes so sense. it's those two, uh, you know, like large sporting um, series that cause all this productivity. But I think companies are becoming smarter and they are just starting to embrace it. And so you get like a lot of company pools, not necessarily for money, uh, but you know, just for bragging. My buddy at their work, they have TVs like in their offices. So they just put them on the game without sound. And you you know, they're all, I mean, you just have to, like, you know, everyone, not everyone, but you know, a large majority of your workforce is going to be interested in wanting to follow this. So just, I mean, and if it's readily available, then they don't have to like hide it. Yeah, exactly. Worry about finding it. It's, it makes it easier. Um, and it was like St. Patrick's Day for the second day, so there's no productive like oh, I didn't even oh, think yeah, work yeah, yeah, going yeah. on at all on Friday. Friday coupled was with the, coupled with the uh, St. Patty's hangover. Yeah, I, but shit I mean none. <laughs> those commercials, the only other commercial that buds the shit out of me is the one which is, has like the chain smokers remits over soft piano. And I think it's like an insurance commercial, like the don't let me down. It is, it is god awful. It's 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 like a woman singing falsetto over a piano, mm-hmm. oh, god. and it, I just it's almost as bad as like the animal rights commercials with Sarah McLaughlin. That's yeah. So you're saying this song is worse than Dead Puppies? Almost. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna have to go to the tape on this. Yeah. One. Take that, chain smokers. <laughs> There's yeah. That's, that's exactly how I feel. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so what we can agree with is uh, outside of the exciting basketball, commercials suck. And Yeah, they're no Super Bowl. Yeah, they yeah. aren't any Super Bowl. Well, that's the worst part about... And they're super repetitive. Yeah, well, and that's the they worst part the about they have like college basketball. And then they just repeat. Yeah, and because th- there's so many breaks and stoppages towards the end of a college basketball game. Like the last minute takes 10 minutes because teams are calling timeouts, there's fouling, there's free throws, there's TV timeouts and all this bullshit. And so they do just like run the same commercials. There have been multiple occasions where they've played that fucking Tollbooth commercial two <laughs> times in a row. <laughs> Brian's going nuts over he here hates right now. This yeah. <laughs> like, so I, I feel like you're going to have PTSD when it comes to a Tollbooth. I am. I'm just going to like sing a song to the next toll booth <laughs> as he murders to. him. Right. Like as he murders the attendant. So I got a question like with these broadcasts are the I mean it's national broadcast but yes. are we getting region specific commercials or are these all going out everywhere? Like is somebody um, getting like a like a okay. rural sporting goods the only commercial or anything commercial going? I've seen is the freaking Republican healthcare commercial. Oh, which okay. is they they send this commercial about how like they have this amazing new healthcare plan. Cough, cough. Do some research, um, and then it ends with like, "Oh, and thank your congressman, blank, blank, be, for keeping his promise." Do they call so it they, blank, blank? No, I don't. <laughs> okay, I was gonna I say just, that's hilarious. But they, 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 they put in probably the, could, they put yeah. in the regional congressman yeah. for that <laughs> section that is the mm. Republican representative. That's you know, and then like, yeah, call him up and thank him. 
Okay. So like region specific marketing, but not necessarily like a region specific brand that's yeah, coming I out know. and like affording like, like a uh, like no Cal Worthington, uh, Cal Worthington Dodge. Mm. Is that dude still alive? No, dude, he passed away like seven years ago. And that guy his, recycled damn. dogs son, like a month yeah. too. Recycled I think he went through dogs? like five dogs uh, during that commercial dogs campaign. Yeah. Commercial well, it was always the same looking well, dog, but there's no way that that dog had, lived like thirty years of commercial uh, he had campaign. An elephant in some of them. He had a tiger and a bear. Did he really? Dude, Cal Worthington oh, yeah. was the best. Like back in the day? Yeah. Like the Ringling Brothers? <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. His original dealerships in Long Beach, so I grew up with that shit. Like, uh, really? Like, yeah. I thought he was out no, east. No, Cal Worthington guy. Ford, yeah. bro. Hmm. He's yeah. not the one off the five, but yeah, no, yeah. Cal Worthington Ford in Long Beach. Living like legend. That. Look up well, what the Ringling Brothers <laughs> dropped this weekend. Yeah. We got a tiger selling me cars this weekend. And I love that it would be like 2007 and he'd be doing commercials still with like the 1987 like Betamax camcorder. Yep, yeah. and, he'd, and he'd still be uh, uh, accepting checks, Yeah, I think, and, yeah. Um, you know, things like that. Oh, man. Rest in peace, Cal. Yeah. Uh, but you know who isn't dead and is ha- actually having a comeback is uh dave chappelle yeah yeah probably i think one of the few comedians where i can say he rarely has a miss with his material has he had a miss i don't think I'd, like i don't know right, if he's uh, ever had a miss like because I mean, he's he doesn't he's streak. definitely not oversaturated like some comedians kevin hart amy schumer um dave chappelle kind of like keeps a lot of control over the content he puts out because he was definitely been touring doing stand-up for the past couple of years yeah. oh he's oh, been wow. working the circuit yeah yeah um but there's been no video no nothing of it and now we get two specials in the same week same day same day yeah are you guys excited it's better than christmas oh, absolutely yeah march 21st it's better than brett republic <laughs> <laughs> dan shut your mouth right there on that one no, but I mean, guys, we're coming out with, we got Chappelle show, Killing Him Softly came out in what, 2004? That was 2004, and then for what it's worth was 06. 06 in San Francisco and things like that. So what, it's been 10 years since we've actually seen Dave Chappelle do live stand-up. Yeah. Holy crap. I can't wait. Because uh, his, his stand-ups are so, they're so well-paced, and they include just over-the-top humor, but a lot of forward-thinking and thought-provoking material without being too overly preachy yeah his his style is very very well balanced well i you know although dave Chappelle is by far my all-time favorite stand-up comedian i was still a little skeptical that he could still be sharp after Mm. you know taking all this time off so i kind of used saturday night live as you know, maybe a litmus test of where he was at. And I thought he killed it in his monologue because he yeah. basically just did, you know, stand eight up. minutes, right, of stand up. And it was, you know, about the election and all current events. So it's not stuff that he's been practicing no. for, you know, uh, however long. So I'm uh, I'm really excited. And, you know, they have previews that they've been releasing too. And I've been listening to all of those and they've just been really funny. I so. have not. I've been trying to stay away because mm. I'm, I'm just in a life. Go into it not knowing anything. Yeah. He still does sound like he has smoked, <laughs> I mean, every cigarette that they've been able to sell him in the last, you know, cigarette or cigarette 10 weed? years. Probably both. Okay. Yeah. Those damn menthols. Although he said he did quit weed. Wait, I thought. Why do they have to be menthols? He's made the joke about okay, the menthols. Jeez, Dan. <laughs> I knew. I was prepared for that one, too. Yeah. <laughs> I had my always, immediate always rebuttal on, on that keeping one. Keeping you on your toes. Yep. Uh, yeah. So I think those will probably, you know what? I will call my shot right now and say those are probably going to be the most successful 
Netflix comedy specials that they have so far. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. Whatever streaming records they have right now will be crushed. We talked about this before, too, and I think, like, when you... uh, I mean, first just think about this. Netflix has acquired Dave Chappelle for a stand-up comedy special. And what did... What did uh, Comedy Central pay him back in the day for one oh, season? Oh, they were trying $50 to pay million him dollars. millions of dollars for season three. Like I th- oh, he got for some the, uh, for the out- TV. Yeah, that outrageous amount of money. Yeah, which fifty ended million up- dollars for two years. Yeah, so that drives him crazy. And then this this streaming service can acquire him for two comedy specials. Imagine how much money that costs. But th- on top of that, though, we talked about this before. Is just the appeal of Netflix and the freedom that you get as a comedic artist to just do whatever the hell you want. Um, I mean, you're going to see this open the door for so many and the audience com- is comedians crazy. now. Good yeah. and bad. I mean, a majority probably bad, I mean, but... Because I think Aziz was one of the first comments, and I know you, how you feel about Aziz, Brett, um, who really jumped on Netflix super early with original specials just for Netflix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's been followed by, like, Michael Shea. Um, he's been followed by Bill Burr, Bill Burr um, like a ton of comedians, the Bibli, yeah, Mosher, yeah. or Mosher, um, yeah, that guy, a ton of female comedians, uh, yeah, a ton yeah. of female comedians. The and speaking of a female comedian, are we sure? <laughs> John Cena should know her pretty well over here. Yep, that's, oh, yeah. that's, that is <laughs> true. Yeah, I am wearing hat. My, my hat from the stumble. But he's wearing it backwards, so there's no hustle, loyalty, or respect. <laughs> it. There was um, no respect uh, when I was dressed up as John Cena last weekend. So, Oh, man. But yeah, so Amy Schumer has a original comedy special on Netflix right now. And let's just say there have been um, flots of trolls taking to the reviews of her comedy special. Yeah, what do you, what do you guys think about that? I, I mean, mean, it's dumb it's dumb okay yeah like like what they're they're chewing apart her bit or or what's going on because i'm like a little bit of an outsider on this whole thing i mean it's both the so actually i watched the comedy special okay because you know i'm an amy schumer fan and think she's funny uh and it's it's okay it's definitely i don't think her her funniest stuff uh and she gets very uh very vulgar and really doesn't talk outside uh, much of just, like, her sexual activity. And it's kind of like a tired bit at this point, right? Um, yeah. It's what it, what got you here, and I get it, but, you know, all she can do now is get, like, grosser and grosser. Yeah. There's, there's no, you know, nothing uh, more clever that you can do just talking about, like, your sex life, you know? You know, who was the comedian that did it, like, 10 years ago? The larger woman. And then she lost a lot of weight. Um, but she was on all the roasts. Um, and her bit was about just having sex with a bunch of black guys. Oh, I know who you're talking about. And everything like that, too. Right. And it, like it, I, That's where I see Schumer kind of progressing, too. I haven't seen the, the special yet or anything like that. But, I mean, like everything that I've heard, it just seems like she's running out of original material. And she's just relying on old bits that, like, recycling old bits to the point of, exp- like, exponentiating the vulgarity of them oh yeah yeah i mean that's really what it is like that's she's just going for the shock value you know and dropping pussy like literally a hundred times throughout the special yeah what do you think dan i i mean i've never been a huge fan of amy schumer's stand-up i think her acting is funny i like she's very quirky and 
I think that she can play a very engaging female lead in a comedy, especially a rated R comedy. Um, but her stand-up, I mean, a lot of the jokes I've seen before, um, they're just kind of formulated. Well, that's another thing is she is apparently being accused of stealing material. I, and, you know, whenever I hear that, I just think that that's yeah. always a lot of bullshit because, you know, comedy is is so personal to a comic. Like, even if a story's similar or... Unless you're Carlos Mencia. Right, unless you're Carlos Mencia and just, you know, a huge piece of... Unless like you're just a really he was ju- buying jokes from like a yeah. vending machine. He was a huge yeah. fish. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, yeah. he wasn't even buying them. He was just pull- sticking his dirty hands up like right. the side huge, where you could. Yeah. Yeah, huge yeah. gay fish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad Kanye got to him. Um, the savior. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so Amy Schumer like accused of being accused of stealing other comics material. Which I've watched some videos about that, and they, they were talking about um, Patrice O'Neill because she used to open for him, and I was like, no. Those didn't really work, but there's some old Kathleen Flanagan jokes, which are kind of very, very similar. Um, but again, I'm like, she would have been like 13, and like to hold that material right, for so exactly. long, like doesn't make sense. I'm like, so I don't think it's like that. But what she's getting is a lot of people who don't just like her because she's a female comic and because she's very outspoken and because for political reasons, like her, uh, is it her uncle? That's um, Senator Chuck Schumer. Um, oh shit! I didn't know. Yeah, that. yeah, they're related. Oh wow! The one that Donald Trump, um, you know, said that he he cries, <laughs> um, <laughs> even though his family survived the Holocaust and stuff. So yeah, they're related. That's like her uncle. Oh, so wow. because of that, she's done a lot of flack and unsolicited bad reviews just because of who she yeah, is and who she's related to. Yeah, not because her special's bad. Do you, does it remind you a little bit of Dan Cook? In any sense. Yeah. I can say I, when I want... No, well, no. The reason why I say... Why'd you immediately me, jump to yeah? For me so. is because I feel like Danger got stale because he kept doing the same jokes that got him very that's popular. The, that's what I was going to say. And how I feel with Amy Schumer is she's doing the same thing where it's just the same jokes, just different details. I think the main difference is Amy Schumer's shown that she can be a successful actress as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's definitely way better. Like Right. There, so she's think, got a different industry. So to I think that's a huge successful. difference, yeah. right? So even if she like hangs up stand up or still continues to do it, she can at least fall back on the fact that she's like a legit actress that can make a good movie. Unlike Dane Cook, who Not couldn't act his way out of my a best fucking, friend's girl, right? Yeah. Plastic bag, employee of the month. Yeah. I remember hearing it like uh, Louis C.K. said it back in the day too, when he was getting in that big tiff with um, Dane Cook for stealing his jokes, but. He was basically saying, like, you know, like some people just have this rocket ship of success, and I think they just start sucking up a lot of debris, and they don't even know where it's coming from, whether it's coming from their head or from someone else. But I mean, there's just this path of success that is so quick that you don't even know what's yours and what's not. And I think that maybe what's happening to Amy Schumer right now, along with just completely beating the shit out of the original bit that she's done. I mean, the the bit that she's done over and over again. So I do think that her, her new movies looks funny with Goldie Hawn. Yeah. I, I hope yeah. that's yeah. good. So that's actually like, I think you brought up a good point too, is I think she would do better in movies. Um, as, as what it is right now. Um, if you look at it, like think about Dave Chappelle, 
I mean, he had, it's the antithesis of it. It's nothing to really compare it to, but um, you get sick of comedy or you just aren't good at it, um, doing it stand-up wise. Go into movies if people like you. Make a shit ton of movie, like a shit ton of money, and then do a special about a decade later. And I guarantee you people will be licking their chops to see another Amy Schumer thing. It just is such saturated content right now. Donald Glover has a very good stand-up special that was just mm-hmm. for Comedy Central. Yeah. But he talks about how he d- he can't do stand-up anymore because it takes so much work to make a good, to get a good set. Yeah, to craft because your product. You, you have to, you know, you have to tour, hit the club. Yeah. I mean, you like, have to spend years. Yeah. Like, so he's got music and movies and writing and producing his own TV show. So he's like, mm, I'm cool with the stand-up. I'm, he hung that up. Yeah. He had a good, successful stand-up special, and that was it. Um, when it probably kicks the shit out of your ego in a lot think, of ways. Yeah, it's I mean, like, I mean, does, you, yeah. you're doing so well in like your film role, your TV roles, your production, and everything like that, and then you dabble into something, and then you're like, "Damn, man, it's this kind of sucks." Yeah, uh, I think like Kevin Hart. I don't know how and, Kevin Hart yeah. does it because Kevin Hart's in like every single movie, and he's still hitting clubs because he still puts out like a comedy special every year. Right. And I think he finally plateaued with his last one. Yeah. Um, I think he's he, got a He team was still the one that would him. release it in the theaters. Like, he yeah. would do that. I feel like when you get to that echelon, though, you've got a team with you. It, it's not necessarily like your original stuff. It's maybe people that are not necessarily ghostwriting, but you're working with a collaborative team where you're, you know, you're, if you're cranking out just original content that frequently. Um, I just don't know specials, though because it, it's hard to. His stuff I is could say that. Particular. I was just gonna say because well, I could see that with a lot of different comics, but his stuff is so personal, like to like what's going like on in his life. allegories and it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like his kids, yeah, yeah. it's That's true. his dad, you know, his uncle. It's his him going through his divorce, yeah, dating learn his new now. chick, right? Exactly. And his stuff, and that what it's trying to like keeps it fresh. Where yeah. like I'm exhausted by Kevin Hart for the opposite of, that I am of Amy Schumer. Where every movie role he's in seems to be the same now. Whereas yeah, you almost stand- want to see him just do stand up. Just, just do stand up. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, whereas for Amy Schumer, I think it's almost the opposite. Like her show, her sketch show, and then her um, movie roles, I think, will be more beneficial to her career than her stand up. Yeah. And then we can see her a decade later doing yeah. her Amy Schumer Netflix special. Right. Yeah. Or on the Pop Not Soda streaming yeah. channel. Come on, Amy. We'd love to have you. <laughs> so. We support yeah. you. Yep. Guys, I think that's Brian's good. a huge fan. <laughs> I I am I am yeah. Of the shoom, <laughs> is that what she's called now? I'm calling her the shoom. All right, the shoom. Hey, if you want to come on the show, we, we got a seat for can, you. We can shoom it up. Just see, don't steal our just jokes. A just do not steal our jokes because we don't it's have a any. verb. <laughs> All right, we'll see you. Um, we're gonna come back. We got a little uh, halftime we're, we're break. We're going into the bracket. Get them ready. Yep. Get the out elite, your papers, guys. Elite eight. And we will see you on the flip side. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you have your brackets in front of you. I hope you've got your pens, your your highlighters, um, and whatever alcohol you need to console yourself after you get your pits wrong. <laughs> For me, it's usually bourbon. Uh, but before bourbon. we get into the Elite Eight, I want to give you guys a heads up because we are changing how the characters will be moving forward in the tournament because we have to dun, spice dun, it up. Dun. Yeah. And I, from what we've been doing now is just time majority rules. Yeah. You know, we've kind of just been yeah. like, all right, who do who we, we pre-filled them out. Who do we got? All right. That, that sounds good. But because we're in the elite eight, we've got the eight best TV characters of all time. So that means any one of these characters could really win. So we needed to make it more difficult on ourselves. 
So that means from here on out, two of us will be arguing the matchup, we'll each taking a character, and the third member of Pop Not Soda will be judging who the winner is. And that is how we will be making it to our championship. Yes. Kind of like people's court. I think that's fitting. PC yeah, yeah. style. And but there's nothing PC about this. <laughs> right, exactly. People's court. People's court. Um, so, and that's going to lead us into our first matchup in the Elite Eight, which is pairing Eric Cartman against Omar Little. Yes. All right. So, uh, we will be um, hearing two arguments in this matchup. Uh, Eric Cartman will be represented by Dan, and Omar Little will be represented by Brett. Um, first up, to my right, Dan, please tell the court your argument for Eric Cartman. So, if we are going to talk about the best TV characters of all time, you have to keep in the running the one Eric Cartman, because I believe that he is the best cable TV character ever. Maybe. Then that's Oof. not just because, okay. okay, you know, he's been ongoing for nearly 20 years now, and in, and the uh, they've had at least 20 seasons of South Park, but because the material that Eric has to work with is always current because it, they make the episodes the week of the day they are released. Some would even argue into the future as well. Yeah, really. And the fact that Cartman has been the center of a lot of cultural impacts where he, he gets a, he gets away with a lot more than I think any other TV character on cable does. There's the episode in which he is part of a uh, – he's uh, soliciting for pedophiles – um, and getting all of his fen- friends to, uh, you know, have some adult friends. There's the uh, episode where they mock the BP oil spill. Mm. And uh, he does <laughs> he mocks the LeBron commercials. <laughs> and uh, he becomes friends with Cthulhu, the destroyer and eater of worlds. Uh, there is the episode in which he is afraid of the Chinese because they've reached over a billion p- people. So he takes over a PF Chains. Uh, there's the episodes in which he... Is that where Butters keeps shooting everyone in the dick? <laughs> yeah, that's when Butters keeps shooting everybody in the dick. Not cool, Butters. Um, Not cool. There is just so many... There, there's the Game of Thrones series in which mm. he... Uh, it's the console battles in which it's at spots one versus PS4. And I think he's on the winning side because I think he won it in at spots one. But mm-hmm. basically, Eric Carmen has been the at the forefront of any sort of social commentary coming through a cable television character in an unfiltered manner as much as they can get away with which is nearly everything because they are on cable he just pushes it ninjas saying that they're a little gay and that they were tied to maybe uh isis you know that happens but because cartman is the one presenting the arguments that, you know, when you watch an episode of him murdering this dude's parents, putting them in chili, and then feeding them to the kid, you'd laugh. And I don't think there's any other character in this bracket that would make you laugh at feeding somebody their own parents the mm-hmm. way Eric Cartman would. Okay. 
strong ending argument with the cannibalism of your own parents. Chili Tom took off, bruh. Cannibalism with your own parents and then Radiohead shitting all over you. The ultimate, the ultimate teen destruction. He gets on the table and lets stop Tenorman's tears. He does. Delicious Tenorman tears. Okay, Dan, uh, that was a, a, a great representation for Eric Cartman. Brett, you're up next with uh, our main man from The Wire, Omar Little. All right, <clears throat> here we go. Number one, Farmer in the Dell. Mm-hmm. What, was that song ever cool before this show came out? I wouldn't say cool. Exactly. Maybe that was a rhetorical question. <laughs> Thank you, Judge. No. Um, two, raised by his grandmother. Three, gay. <laughs> you don't find it out until way, way later. But I mean, it's so surprising. And I didn't mean to say it like that. Brian's cracking up over here. But for such a gangster to be that um, unreal. Michael Williams, the actor. Incredible actor. This role launched him into pretty much not oversaturating himself with roles, finding every role that was right, and still doing everything that he needed to do as an actor. Um, And then I would say five, just to wrap it all up, his death. Was there a more poignant death in... Was there a more impactful death in The Wire? Um, Through all of the characters that you ever met through that show, five seasons, characters died left and right. Was there ever a more impactful death than that guy? It reminded me a little bit of Game of Thrones. And um, when he died, everything changed. So for that, I am arguing that Omar Little needs to go forward for this. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for both of your arguments. After much uh, deliberation, um, all of three seconds to clear my throat, uh, I've made my decision. And my choice, um, although, quite frankly, Dan made the better better argument. Bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Objection. (laughs) I'm, uh, I'm, I'm picking Omar. And um, yes, for for many he of the coming. reasons that I think you need to he yourself that judge. Brett stated, um, especially number just, three, right? <laughs> just how gay he was. Um, but yeah, so the the wire, you know, uh, it's just such a great show, full of oh, you're, you're um, really testifying, judge. All right, I don't want to hear that characters. But I'm, I just wanted to say, justifying my decision, that uh, I think Omar really stands out, um, and. It, it, he he's the one guy that you can legitimately uh, root for from the start to the beginning of the show, no matter what he's doing. Like every other character, you kind of have qualms at certain points, which I think is one of the most fascinating uh, parts about watching the show. But with Omar, you're just like always on his side, and it's instantaneous, and you just you you never have a hesitation uh, about not rooting for him. Um, even what you know, though what he's doing might be you know morally wrong, and it's just such a complex character and, and such a cool character. So, um, sorry, Cartman, I, I love you, but 
um screw you guys you gotta go home you gotta go watch the wire everybody who's <sighs> getting pissed right now because okay. i know we have a lot of pissed listeners but just watch the wire seriously watch the wire wait did we have a lot of pissed listeners pissed listeners maybe off of that piss. decision oh, right. P- i pressed past tense sorry yeah yeah I'm, I'm sorry all right uh we have a new new matchup all right mm-hmm. new matchup it's mm-hmm. going to be pitting uh the one walter white being argued for by brett niece uh he's going head to head with the one the Brian's only ours right now. homer simpson all right argued for by brian so brett you're up first. All right. So, Walter White, uh, before this series came on, um, actually, before this series got popular, did anybody watch Netflix or binge watch Netflix? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Um, maybe. I would say, yeah. Um, what shows came around? Sorry. This is my this is my defense of this character, <laughs> so there shouldn't be any rhetorical questions I on mean, this. I'm the judge. Yeah, so. yeah. So, sorry. Respect to you, judge. Um, but... <laughs> Before this show came out and before this character came out, um, I don't really remember many people binge-watching Netflix or streaming series for an entire season, for an entire series. Um, Walter White was the, cre- was the character that, from the get-go, um, interested a lot of people in a series that they probably n- would never, ever dabble in. When you go to tell people that, hey, it's a series about a guy who gets cancer and tr- starts selling meth, um, no one's really interested in watching that until they watch the show. When they watch the show, when they see Brian Cranston act as Walter White, um, that's what sells it all. And that's what ki- continues to get you invested in that character um, as he goes through highs and lows and very, very, very lows. Um, but at any point of him being probably the biggest piece of shit in television history, uh, you never stop rooting for him. So for that, I would say that Brian Cranston and Walter White are the best candidate to move forward for this. Hey, Judge. Um, so, honestly, not much of an argument, uh, in my opinion, between these two characters. Uh, I mean, you have a drug-dealing psychopath who is ruining his family's lives versus the most decorated TV character of all time. Uh, Homer J. Simpson, I mean, just just such a fantastic character uh, that really does stand the test of time. They do say that Father Time is undefeated, but Homer's out there swinging in the 12th round and looks just as fresh as he did at the first uh, ring of the bell. Uh, I mean, my sole argument could be this. The show's called The Simpsons. He's the father of the family, Homer Simpson. Walter White's name isn't even the fucking title of the show. It's called Breaking Bad. That could be anybody. Uh, I mean, obviously, you're talking about the Simpsons, so you're talking about the lead role, and that's obviously the father and the main driver of the story. And, uh, I mean, a character that, although on the surface, seems, you know, very simple. He's got his job at the power plant. He likes his his donuts and his duff beer and, you know, watching Krusty the Clown. But really underneath it all, just the definition of the American family man, hardworking, provides for his family and, you know, is really dedicated to the maturation of his children, whether that be fighting lessons for Bart uh, or just, you know, life lessons in general with maybe... Um, 
an over-exaggerated physical uh, reaction to some of those. Um, but I will say his relationship with Lisa, you know, loves the saxophone and all those sounds. So that's a healthy relationship. Um, so really to wrap it up, I mean, Homer Simpson, the guy has been around forever. He's the longest running, you know, TV sitcom character ever, most episodes ever, most Emmys ever. And, you know, I, I think the awards really speak for themselves. So, it's very good argument, Brian. However, I think you kind of ignored the one thing that really is difficult for Homer to overcome. Knowing how to make meth? And that would be the fact that he hasn't been good for the past decade. And I think it's on that point, not to sell your argument short, but when reviewing the evidence of which characters should move forward, I don't think that there was ever a lull for Walter White in his character arc, his entertainment value. But unfortunately, there has been for what I think is the greatest patriarch in American TV history, which is Homer Simpson. So Walter White will be advancing. Woo, baby. I pick Walter, too. It's bullshit. That Brett's, <laughs> I know. You know, Brett's Brett's two you, know you guys. Because he's making the right worst now. arguments. But I'll tell you, I'm You've the worst. You've got to argue for the best <laughs> I'm the characters. worst lawyer, but if you give me the best clients, I'll always win. <laughs> <laughs> Brett's the worst lawyer, but if his character really didn't do or, you know, if his client's innocent, then he's got no problem. Look at this face. Look at this <laughs> face. All right. So, are we round three right now? Yeah. So, I think uh, Brett. All right. So, we got a good one right now. Judges at the desk, guys. And it is Zach Morris, defended by Dan, mm-hmm. versus Stewie Griffin, defended by Brian. Um, Dan, would you like to go first? No. <laughs> Stewie Griffin wins. All right. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll go first. No. All right. So, Dan... Bring your defense for Zach Morris. Yeah, Zach Morris. Uh, so Zach Morris is, if you ignore the first season of uh, Saved by the Bell, basically was the emphasis, like was what was cool on TV. Um, it, evidence is that Mrs. Good Morning Miss Bliss. Yeah. Um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that, that from the record. Yeah, that thank will you. be thrown from the record. Um, I appreciate it, Judge. So yes, Zach Morris, Saved by the Bell. He embodied cool like no other character before him i would even say that even though the fawns was what was cool on happy days that zach morris jumped the fawns in being as cool as one person could be on tv the fact that he had one of the first cell phones the fact that everybody loved zach and the fact that he did what stewie tries to do better than stewie does and that is Break the fourth wall because there is no one better at breaking the fourth wall than Zach Morris. There has never been anyone better at breaking the fourth wall than Zach Morris. And that was one of the first times in TV history where a character would routinely address the audience in a sitcom. It's crazy that that was able to go on for so long that it was so effective. And the fact that he was never a bad dude. 
he was friends to everybody he was popular he you know got every single girl which may be unfair to Streech in some episodes and the fact that even though his biggest rival he was friends with even though they sometimes really wanted to fight each other Zach was just so cool and so endearing that you know uh What's his face? I can't even remember his name. Slater. Slater. Yeah. All Albert did, Clifford. Yeah, Slater. Yeah. Slater always wanted to be his friend. I mean, even the principal that was trying to get Zach in trouble all the time just wanted to hang out with him. And there is a really weird episode where like they're all going through women troubles, and the principal's hanging out in Zach's room with Screech and Slater. It's a little weird, but I will say at night. <laughs> yeah, I will say that nobody has embodied what it has mean to be cool on TV more consistently than Zach Morris. And no one has more effectively broken the fourth wall for narration, for jokes, for entertainment value than Zach Morris. Good argument. Brian, uh, proceed to the bench. Yes. So, again, not much of an argument for me. I mean, it seems like a pretty open and shut case. Uh, but Stuart... Zach Morris... Stuart Gilligan Griffin. Stuart Gilligan Griffin. Uh, one years old, if you didn't know. So, Zach Morris, who's 36, playing a 17-year-old kid, uh, can, 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 can stop time and you know talk to the audience through a TV show. Cool. Your hair looks great, bro. Thanks for letting me know. Stuart Gilligan Griffin, one years old. Master of mechanical and electrical engineering. He created a motherfucking time machine and altered the course of history on several occasions, mostly for fun. Uh, Stuart Gilligan Griffin <laughs> has also, I think, carried Family Guy uh, into, I don't even know how many seasons it's been on, but uh, out of canceldom. Uh, back into a primetime slot on Sunday night. Um, you know, how many TV characters can tout that on the resume? Uh, I, I, you know, I would definitely argue that he is the funniest character on that show, the most uh, consistently um, interesting part and story driver of, uh, of the show, other than when they just don't show him. And although he, you know, doesn't hook up with a lot of chicks and, you know, uh, be the coolest kid in school, he's one years old and he's mastered the English, the English language and also speaks with an accent, which makes him sound even smarter. Has he mastered the language? Because only some people can hear him. You know, we would just want to talk about that. <laughs> so, again, I mean, all in all, seems like a pretty, uh, pretty black and white case. So Stuart Gill Gilligan Griffin, my argument. Good luck. Yeah. Damn. The evidence is, is very, very heavy. Um, and although it is very heavy, it is the burden of this judge to place Zach Morris as the uh, contestant that moves forward. Um, it's the only correct decision. So. I would like to ask that Dan and the future rounds you do mention Kelly Kapowski as specific evidence um, as it will 
benefit the case I had to give, moving I had forward. To give Brian a chance. Brian that's, did. That's all you had to Brian say. Brian did win from Kelly Kapowski. Um, <laughs> very very specific evidentiary uh, justification, uh, but uh, I will say that Zach Morris's list of accomplishments, specifically Tif- Tiffany Amber Thiessen. We will let the record show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that, that that means so far, Walter White, Omar Little, and Zach Morris have moved on, which leaves the final matchup of the Elite Eight in Pop Not Soda's best TV character of all time, Bracket. So what do we got, Bri? So for the last member of this exclusive Final Four, we have Al Bundy uh, being represented by Brett. Squaring off against Will Smith himself, Big Willie style, uh, with Dan representing Mr. Smith. So, Brett, you are first on the mic. Let's hear for Al Bundy. Your Honor, I would just like to uh, thank the court and the jury for the uh, clients that I've been able to represent today. (laughs) Um, I think that it is the state's... um, intention to provide the best clients with the best representation so i am thankful to be up here uh on that note al bundy no ma'am kelly bundy 20 years of dealing with peg bundy raising bud bundy buck bundy dealing with the jeffersons um the list goes on and on. My client has gone from the best to the worst to everything in between, yet has still come out on top as the all-knowing, all-winning quarterback of Pokai. No one has forgotten that. And I think we need to look at Al today and remember that he has brought us from what a father figure should not be to what a father figure should definitely not be to a somewhat mediocre father father figure and that progress right there is incredibly impressive especially during the 90s um so for that on that note one more thing um i would like to present 12 large women's shoes that my client has had to deal with throughout seasons and has shrugged over to the audience. And you know that you left every time as he's helped these large women in their undersized shoes. Um, so on that note, I'd like to uh, represent Al Bundy. Please move him forward. <clears throat> All right. Will Smith. Let's just, let's just get down to it. Uh, Will Smith. So good that they just kept the character's name because it embodied everything about how Will Smith was going to play that character because he was always very authentic because it was very every everything was from Will Smith the performance on The Fresh Prince was Will Smith really I think at most points taking who he is and what he's lived and what he experienced and putting it to you know turning it up to 10 for entertainment value the fact that uh, for such an early point in the 90s they were what a lot of sitcoms in TV history uh, have had the opportunity to do, and that is tackle cultural um, conversations, kind of like what Family Ties did um, before them. 
uh, kind of like what All in the Family did before them. And they could present different things that were going on in society from a different point of view because they were one of the first all-black family sitcoms. So do not deny my clients cultural it relevance. It wasn't presented in that matter. It wasn't presented like how some stereotypical shows can be presented like, that's a black show. Nobody ever said that about The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air because it was one of, at the time, the most popular sitcom in America, mainly because of how charismatic, how entertaining, how funny, how deep, how relatable Will Smith was. He was surrounded by great actors and great characters like Jeffrey, Uncle Phil, the original Aunt Viv, Carlton, you know, to to just name a few, and his boy Jazz. However, the fact that he could, he could tackle, you know, having a um distant father and bringing real emotions the fact that he could handle an accidental overdose with carlton and being responsible the fact that he could handle you know getting shot and that implications the fact that one of the very first episodes is him and carlton driving a very expensive car to palm springs for one of his father or uncle phil's colleagues and they get pulled over and arrested because they are accused of stealing the car even though they had permission and Carlton doesn't understand but Will's like no this happened because we were driving while black this is an everyday thing this is what we have to live with you haven't had to live with it because you're not you have more privilege than what everybody else does but this is a real thing that's one of the first times on TV that that was ever really tackled and the fact that you were tackling with teenage characters shows how transcendent Will Smith, the Fresh Prince, was. And that's why he's going to win Pop Not Soda's bracket for the best TV character of all time. Well, gentlemen, again, great arguments from both. Um, You know, Will Smith breaking racial barriers, Al Bundy um, continuing to add to male chauvinistic stereotypes. Just really <laughs> two groundbreaking characters. I mean, a tough one, right? Like, it's hard. But in the end, you know, when, when I think about great TV characters, I, I do have to give it to someone who can who can pull off the triple threat. And that, uh, that individual is Will Smith. He, uh, you know... I argued for uh, for this character uh, not too long ago, and uh, I did throw out the scene with his dad and, uh, you know, honestly saying that that's probably one of the most powerful moments on TV that, like, has ever existed, no matter, you know, drama or comedy. And I think the relatability of Will, his coolness factor, like the... The fact that he can still make fun of himself, but also carries an ego and like whatever he is, um, you know, projecting himself as you just like accept because he's like that good. Right. He, you, you just always feel like he's that guy who, you know, is going to eventually do the right thing. Um, but you're you just like root for him. He's just like that type of character. So, yeah, I mean, Al. It's it's tough, but it's okay. It's like everything in Al Bundy's life; it never works out. Exactly. <laughs> maybe next, t- maybe next will, year, Al. We will take these uh, large women's shoes and. <laughs> you didn't even <laughs> mention Psycho Dad. 
Psycho Dad's not Al. That's know, a show he liked. But, but, but <laughs> how he would dream about my being client Psycho obses- Dad. My client obsesses over a television show yeah. called Psycho Dad. Kyle it's Psycho, Psycho Dad. Dad. Good evidence. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. So Guys, we had some good arguments tonight. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. actually think I got the upper hand on the clients, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you don't I'll get to argue for Omar or Walter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's my, my like, legal defense skills are like subpar compared to my luck yeah. drawing good people to defend yeah. so man that's gonna be t- wow will so smith versus zach we morris. have will smith versus zach morris uh in one final four matchup and the other the all-time millennial four yeah, is showdown. walter white versus omar little this right really there. this literally is it's like the right side is the the millennial showdown you got the two you know 90s heartthrobs coolest kids ever and then you have just like the super pretentious TV show snob to the left <laughs> yep. with Breaking Bad and The Wire. Yep. <laughs> I stream that shit. I know how good that is. Yeah, it's literally like parents versus kids. <laughs> yep. Left versus right. Yeah, yep. you're, you're not going to want to miss this matchup next week. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. That's for sure. Uh, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Pop Not Soda. We've hoped you've enjoyed hanging out with us as much as we've enjoyed hanging out with you. So if you miss us throughout the week, you can find us on Twitter. Brian is at BOwen619. Brett is at Nieces Pieces, and I'm at Paper Champion DP. Or you can follow our show account at Pop underscore Not Soda, or find us on Facebook at backslash Pop Not Soda Official. New episodes every Monday on iTunes Podcast and at popnotsoda.podbean.com. And again, I just want to give a shout out. Thank you to everyone who came out to the Royal Stumble. It was awesome, amazing. We raised, again, over $400 in just four hours, uh, making fools of ourselves dressed up as professional wrestlers. And yes, thank you for all the donations. Yeah. Marching down, so we shout appreciate it. Shout out to it. Rip Current, Coin Op, uh, West Coast Tavern, and, and True, True North, North for also yeah. having us, too. Always yeah. being the homies awesome. and welcoming us in. So until next time, we will see you later. Go Kentucky. Win me some money. No, you see.